0: Well, Happy New Year, Church. I hope your New Year is continuing to be happy. This is that amazing time of year where all of us who have goals for the year, we have New Year's resolutions, things that we're trying to change. So far, we're doing pretty good, right? For those of you who have goals, like you probably aren't completely off of it. Maybe if you're going to the gym, you're still going because we're only a few days into January. But, you know... This time of year, so many people talk about things like New Year's resolutions, goals, and just out of curiosity, how many of you would say you have a goal for this year, you have a a New Year's resolution, whatever you want to call it, something you're trying to change or enact in your life? Anybody? Right? Some of you are like, I'm already perfect, I'm already there, we're good, right? There we go. Yes, thank you. That's Travis, everybody, if you want to look at what perfection looks like. But you know, there's... Something a lot deeper I've been thinking about recently, something that I, I really want to explore as we start this new year that I think is so incredibly important. Something that's deeper than New Year's resolutions, something that's deeper than goals or little habit changes. It's the idea of direction. And today I want to ask a question. Starting this year of 2024, what direction are you going in your life? What I found is that direction is incredibly important. I'm at that wonderful stage of life where my kids are two and four years old. And they come up to me and they ask those questions that are so funny. Like, like Dad, I can't find this toy. And they're so upset. Like the other day my daughter comes up. And she's just, I can't find it anywhere. And I look around and I go, are you sure you can't find it? Have you looked for it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Don't, don't cry. I want you to look around. Just look around the room. Just keep li- And she's looking like, not up there. You're two feet tall. Just take it. And then finally, I'm like, you stepped on it. Look down. You literally just stepped on it. Because what I found in my life is that if we're not looking the right direction, we're often not going to find the things we're looking for in life, right? And the same is true in our own life, because we all have a direction that we're focused on, a direction that we're going in life. And even if you don't think that you have a direction in life, the reality is you're heading in direction. Some people may think they're standing still, or that their direction is a giant circle. But in all reality, we all have a direction in every single area of our life that we're moving. Even Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he's talking about temptation, he makes this statement. He says, so if you think that you're standing firm, that you're holding still, he says, be careful that you don't fall. Because something that Paul is very clear in that passage about is the fact that all of us are heading a direction, especially in our spiritual life. All of us are heading in a direction of growing closer to Christ or further away. And it goes for every area of life. I mean, if you look at your health, you're either becoming healthier or less healthy. In the area of your finances, you're becoming more responsible and independent or more in bondage. You're when it comes to your emotional health, you're becoming better or you're becoming bitter. In your in your educational life, you're becoming more educated or you're becoming more ignorant. In every single area of your life, you're heading a direction, and especially when it comes to us as followers of Jesus, we're either growing more Christ-like. Or less Christ-like. And what determines this is the direction that we're focusing on. In Hebrews 12, the author says this. He says, To run the race has been set before us, focusing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because reality is, the direction we focus on in life, the direction that we're heading in life, has incredible repercussions for the things that come out of our life. There's a story that I love of Matthew McConaughey. He won an Oscar a few years ago, and his speech really surprised me, almost as much, as, almost as surprised as I was to learn that Matthew McConaughey hadn't had an Oscar. Like, I just didn't know that. And I started listening to his speech, and it was, it was just really funny to me. He, he's talking about, some things in life that are so important and one of the things he says that's so important for him is having a hero that he chases after and someone came to him when he was 15 and said who is your hero who is it you're chasing after and he thought about it for a while and came back and he said you know what it's me in 10 years that's who i'm chasing after and then that same person came to him when he was 25 and said okay are you there are you your hero now and he said no of course not now my hero is me when i'm 35. And he talked about this idea of always having this version of himself that he's chasing after in 10 years that he's trying to become. And I love that because I think that's so true for all of our lives that if we're willing to look at where we're going and where we want to go, it can change everything. In fact, there's actually a psychologist that did a study on this at UCLA. And he says that seeing yourself as a distant future version of you will help shape how you make decisions today. It's interesting. People so often think that they they can't change a lot in 10 years. Like if we think about habits and things that we want to change in our life or directions we want to go, we can so often think, man, in 10 years I can't change that. But yet we look back at 10 years ago and we've changed a lot, haven't we? We're very, very capable of change. And the thing is, everything that we're doing today is helping us become a future version of ourselves. I don't know if you've ever thought about what you might say to a past version of yourself. Maybe some of you, like me, might look back and be like, can you stop making it so hard for me? Like, knock it off. But something I'd probably say if I could go back 10 years is just say, listen, I don't think you understand how important the little things are in in your life. You get so focused on the big things, the big moments, the big swings, but so often what's actually changing you is the little habits in your life, the little relationships in your life, the daily habits of reading your Bible, the daily habits of spending time with God. That's what's going to change you. Not this big moment or a big conference or a big altar call. It's about the little things of following God each and every day, the little things of doing the right thing each and every day. It's about heading the right direction in your life. See, as we look at this year, I don't know what you want to be, but I hope you have some goals of who you want to be or who you want to be more like this year. Maybe it's being a true man of God, a true woman of God, a a a godly father, a godly mother, husband, wife, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's being someone who is healthy emotionally emotionally. Who isn't letting baggage and things hold on to be, you know hold them down in life, but someone who's free of the bondage of unforgiveness. Maybe it's being someone who's a bold witness for Jesus, or a person who's sober and living free of destructive habits, or just an overall healthier person in your body and your finances in any area of your life. Whatever it is, that is a direction, the direction that we're heading, and so. Today, I want to explore a little bit about direction. In this series, we're going to talk about how to have a direction in our life. We're going to talk about habits. We're going to talk about goals. We're going to talk about things that we can implement in our life to grow closer to Jesus. But today, as I want to talk about this overall idea of direction. And as we're picking a direction for our life, I want to talk about some things that are extremely important for us to remember. And some key principles that I think might change some things in how we view our goals, and our habits, and the things that we do in our life. The first thing is this, that when it comes to direction in our life, it's about who before do. Somebody say that. Who before do. See, so often when it comes to changing anything, to the things that we do every day, we identify ourselves by what we do, right? Even in our jobs, people will talk to us. And so often our identity is what I do. I'm a this, I'm a plumber, I'm an electrician, I'm a pastor. We, we put so much of our identity into what we do. And what I've found is actually though, what we do in life is incredibly affected by who we think we are. Your identity is what creates what you do. Who you think you are, will affect what you do more than anything else in your life. And the thing is, what's so important for us to understand then is that our identity in Christ is so incredibly important for us to figure out. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that God's will is for you to be holy. He says then to stay away. From these things he has a list of dues, but he starts with who you are God's will is for you to be holy So stay away from all sexual sin then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor Not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife For the Lord avenges all such sins as we have solemnly warned you before God has called us to live holy lives not impure Lives. In the next chapter, he says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. God's desire for your life starts with who you are in Christ. What God wants for you starts with who you are. God desires for you to be holy, to be like Jesus, to look more and more like him. In fact, I believe that God is more concerned with who you're becoming than what you're doing. God is more concerned that you're becoming like Jesus and that you're drawing closer to him than what you're doing. Because the fact is, who you are in Christ will affect what you if I'm drawing closer and closer to him and looking more and more like Jesus, there will be things that will naturally come out of that relationship. The more that I'm holy and set apart and different than the world, the more I become like Jesus, the more it's going to change what it is that I do. It's interesting. The Bible never talks about God's will for my career. The Bible never talks about God's will for what house I live in. God didn't even see fit to write it in there who I'm supposed to marry. It would have been nice if he kind of put it as kind of an underlying little note. Tim, you're supposed to marry Bridget. But the reality is, God's made it clear that my calling in life is to be like Jesus. To grow in holiness. To draw closer to him. And walk with him each and every day. Jesus never said that you'll know my disciples by their job description but instead he said you will know them by their fruit i'm convinced that god at the end of time won't come and say listen well done my talented important well-liked servant bible says that god will come and he will say if he's pleased with us he'll say well done my good and faithful servant And what I've found is that faithfulness will impact my goals, my habits, my course corrections in life. And so when I look at the things that I want to change, so often I can get focused on, well, I want to change this area. I want to change this area and this area and this area. But what I've found is that when I start with, God, I'm going to be faithful to you, out of that, it starts to change what it is that I do every day. And when I make my goal in life to be more like Jesus... When I make my goal in life to be walking with him each and every day, then it changes how I make goals. For instance, maybe I want to start eating right. Well, that's great, but when I understand my reason why for it, because I'm becoming more like Jesus. And I want to eat right because I want to honor God by taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit that he's given me. Maybe I start a new habit of waking up early to read my Bible. Why? Because I'm becoming more like Jesus. And when I have God's word coming into my life and his truth starts to transform me, I can take my thoughts captive and suddenly I can change the, the, renewing, of my, I have the renewing of my mind by changing the way that I think. Or maybe I'm stopping an old habit in my life. Like looking at pornography or another habit in my life that I need to stop. But instead of just stopping it because oh, I just should, maybe it's because I'm becoming more like Jesus and I want to live a life of purity and integrity. This year I've been working on sort of attaching the habits in my life that I want to an identity that I'm trying to become. And it's been changing everything for me because every time that, that in the past when I've started things, it's because, well, okay, I'm going to do this. But it's amazing when I start to attach it to an identity. I'm going to do this because I want to be closer to Jesus. In 10 years, I want to be a better follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go work out today because I want to be a healthier person, and I want to be someone who can run with my kids and my grandkids and lift them over my head easily and all these things. There's things that I want for my life, so I have a direction that I want to head in my life. And when I attach my habits to my identity, it changes everything for me. And the second thing about direction in our life that's so important is not just understanding the who before the do, but also understanding the why before the what. In Proverbs 16, 2, it says that all a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. See, you can't get to the right place in life if you start with the wrong motives. You won't do the right what if you're driven by the wrong why. If you don't understand the why behind what you're doing, it's really, really hard to keep doing the what. One of my favorite quotes from Elon Musk is he was talking one day. and He said, I think one of the biggest mistakes of good engineers is that they optimize a thing that shouldn't exist. Meaning this, good engineers and good people that I know will often make a thing better that never should have existed in the first place. How how many of you are, are in a position where you're in a job where sometimes you'll get into something and they're trying to make this system better and better and you're like, why are we doing this? Like, why, why are we doing it in the first place? It doesn't make any sense. But what I have found is so often we can get locked into things that we do because they're what we're supposed to do. Or that's just what we always do. It's like the gal that was cooking one day. She was newly married and her husband came home, was watching her cook up a roast. And he watched her as she sliced off the ends of the roast before putting it in the pan. And he said, honey, why, why do you do that? That doesn't really make sense. And she says, that's how you make roast. Okay. And, and they kind of had a little back and forth conversation about it. And she said, well, okay, listen, that's how my mom taught me. I'll call my mom. So she calls her mom and says, mom, why is it that you cut the ends of the roast off before you put it in the pan? And her mom goes, I, I don't know. I, that's how my mom always did it. I always watched her and that's just what we did. So fine. They're like, fine. So they call grandma who's in the nursing home. And they go, Grandma, listen, my mom said she learned how to make roast from you and that you would always cut off the ends of your roast before you put it in the pan. Why do we do that? And Grandma said, well, because my pan was too small. So I had to cut off the ends to be able to get it to fit in the pan. (laughs) See, there's a lot of things in life when we forget to ask why. It, It can change a lot of things. See a lot of times I talk to people who are in the church and they get into this place of, well, I, I need to read my Bible. I need to do this better. I need to do that better. I need to pray more. And, and something I like to ask now is, well, why? Like, like why should you do those things? Because there's a lot of people that do it because, well, I'm supposed to. That's just what you do. But when we understand the why, it changes the what. See, when your why is, well, I want to read my Bible because I want to get closer and closer to Jesus. I want to pray more because I want to have more of the Holy Spirit in my life, and I want to bring these things that I can't handle in my life to Him, and I want to have more relationship with Him. Well, that changes some things because that allows you to change your what a lot, doesn't it? See, a lot of people do things because what you're supposed to do. Well, I'm supposed to get up in the morning, although I'm not a morning person, and I'm supposed to open up my, my, my physical copy of the Bible the phone doesn't count and then I need to read it for this amount of time even though I hate reading I have so much trouble comprehending things that I read instead maybe asking the question well why am I doing this because I want to draw closer to Jesus okay so maybe it's listening to the Bible on your Bible app maybe it's going through a devotional plan because you're someone who needs structure in your life whatever it is when you understand your why which is well I want this then you can start to formulate your steps and what you do in the direction of being this person, this person who's closer to Jesus, this person who is better in this area, instead of focusing so much on, well, these are the things you're supposed to do. Even, even when it comes to working out, there's so many people that, you know, I, I've often felt like when I, when I need to get in shape, like I need to go running. That's, that's what I do, because that's what I did with my dad. And that's what I look like. People look at me and say, you look like a runner. Thing is, I don't like running. Every time I try to get back in shape by running, it lasts about two days. But I found there's things that I do enjoy, and eventually I get back into running. But when I start with something that I enjoy, or I start with something that I actually kind of like doing, it kind of changes my ability to do the thing. When I understand my why, is not just to go run because it's what I'm supposed to do but when I understand I'm trying to become a healthier person it changes everything Romans 2 29 I think one of the greatest whys for our life is is shown here by Paul and Paul is talking about something that feels like it may not apply to us but it really does see he says no a person is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. See, see Paul is talking to a group of people, the Jewish people, and he's helping them understand That this group of Jewish people that have come to the church and these Gentiles that have come to the church, he's helping them understand that being the chosen people of God isn't about the things that they do or the outward things that they're doing in life, but instead he's making it very, very clear that it's not about what's on the outside, it's not about what tribe you're from, it's about your heart. Those are the true chosen people of God. And then he goes to circumcision, which is essentially the physical mark of the covenant. It's the, it's the mark that uh, I am the people of God. We have our own things in our life that so often we can associate. Or a cross around my neck. That means I'm a Christian. But Paul is talking here that circumcision is not just about the outside, it's a circumcision of the heart by the Holy Spirit. And he says the evidence of that, of being someone who's been marked by the, been, the become the holy people of God. Becoming someone who is marked and has had their heart circumcised is that a person's praise doesn't come from other people, but from God. So one of the greatest questions we can ask ourselves as we look at our direction this year, what direction we're heading, what habits and, and things that we're putting into our life to help us take steps in that direction, is, is God being glorified? And is this something that God praises? Is this something that God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Finally, I think an important thing for us to look at always is the idea of Christ over comparison. Following Christ over comparing ourselves to other people. You know, there's this word that sometimes comes up when I talk to people. When we're talking about things that they're doing in their life, people will talk about maybe a step that, they're, that they've taken. Or maybe they'll talk about, you know, we'll talk about habits in their life. Yeah, I'm reading my Bible. Or I'm praying. Or yeah, I, I did talk to a couple people about Jesus this week. But then there's this phrase they use afterwards that just started to stand out to me recently. But not as much as I should not as much as I should now there's two types of people that say this one is is someone where I've used this in my life and I've said this as kind of a cover you know I'm I haven't done jack but somebody says you know how much are you doing in this area and I'm like well not as much as I should but I just haven't done anything but then there's another group of people that I think are kind of enslaved to this word should they're enslaved to comparison because they do something in their life they take a step in the right direction and there's this voice in the back of their head that comes from satan that says but you should have done more oh you read your bible this week well you should have read it every day well you talk to him about jesus well you should have invited him to church too you know, oh, I, I, I took this step. I'm getting more healthy. Well, you should have done it about 20 pounds ago. There's this stuff in the back of our head that constantly goes to should, you should, you should, you should. And what happens is, as God does stuff in our life, we allow Satan to come in and essentially should all over everything that God has been doing in our hearts and our lives. We can get in this place where we start to compare ourselves to this voice in our head, to what other people are doing. They're doing it, so I, I should be there too. and why I should be more like them. When the reality is, God's word says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that we are new creations in him, and instead, as we look at the direction of our lives, why what I, what I like to think in terms of direction is that direction is about a journey, and it's about steps. Which means that there's always more steps for me to take. But it's not about a destination. It's a direction. So this week, I took two steps in the direction of being a fully devoted follower of Jesus. And could I have taken three steps? Absolutely. And I can do that next week. But this week, I'm heading this direction. As we look at goals in our life, so often we get caught up in uh, these short-term things. Well, i got to be here i got to do this much, instead of just focusing on, okay, what am I doing today to help me head in the direction that I want to become? What am I doing to head towards being like Jesus? In the same way in our life, so often we can get so caught up in comparing ourselves to other people that we miss out on what Christ wants to do in us. I've heard it said that if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree— it is an extremely poorly designed animal. But if you put it in water and then watch it, you're going to go, wow, that, that thing's really well designed, right? In the same way in our lives, so often we can spend our time comparing ourselves to others. Well, they're really good at talking to other people. And man, they, they, when they talk to people, they can just like, like talk about Jesus immediately. Like they just know exactly what to say. They're so good at talking to people. And you're someone who's more introverted. And that, that's hard for you. Stop comparing yourself. Let Christ do what he wants to do in you. Stop comparing yourself to what everyone else is doing. And instead ask yourself, what does God want to do in me? I think the most important thing we can do as we look at our life is go to Ephesians chapter 2. When it says that God has saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. Then he says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Each and every one of us has gifts and different circumstances that God is working in And through, but the best question we can ask ourselves is not comparing ourselves to others or trying to be like everyone else, but continuing to come back to this verse and ask ourselves are we becoming more of a masterpiece? Are we becoming more like Jesus this year, this week, this day? Today, are we doing things that are helping us draw closer to Christ and become more of his masterpiece, or are we not doing those things? And if we're not, as we look at this year, I encourage you to look at habits you can instill in your life. And I tell you, it's so important to start small and just continue on doing things like like maybe this year. Your goal is to say, I'm going to read my Bible this many minutes per day. There was a period in my life where I had my my Bible app and there's a verse of the day. And I had this goal in my life that every single day I am opening up the Bible app and I am reading the verse of the day that's a really small thing but in that time I needed that because I needed to have this thing of no no matter what I'm doing something and the habit built maybe for you it's a, having a time of prayer with God maybe it's having certain healthy habits in your life or looking at what you read or, or what it is that you intake into your mind and having habits that, okay maybe this week TikTok is going to be down to four hours instead of five maybe it's down to three and a half next week I've never been there, maybe. Maybe it's looking at who you're around and saying, you know, this year I'm going to join a life group. I'm going to get around some people who love me and love Jesus and actually have community in my life and have a group of people that can hold me accountable and walk alongside me and support me. And the second part of this verse, we are God's masterpiece to do good works that he has planned for us long ago. I think we should all be asking, am I becoming more of God's masterpiece? But second, am I doing the good things that God has planned for me? One of the easiest ways to do that is to serve. Man, there's places to serve right here in the church. And if God's been kind of putting this on your heart, I want to encourage you. There's some great places to serve. Maybe it's coming and helping hand out food to people who need food. That's such a cool way to serve people because you're giving them food and you get to love them and tell them about Jesus. It's awesome. Maybe it's walking with our, our youth students or our kids, depending on where, what, you know what your particular area of life is. But it's such a great way to do that. Maybe it's looking at this year and going, God, how can I do the good work of being Jesus to the world around me? Who around me doesn't know Jesus that you've been putting on my heart? Who's that neighbor that you've been thinking about? Oh, it's maybe time to have that conversation. That coworker that you've been looking for the courage just to bring up. Man, do do you know there's hope for your life? Because all you talk about is the hopelessness. Do you know there's a God that desperately loves you and wants to give you life and life to the full? Maybe it's that family member you've been praying for. Whatever it is, this year, I hope you'll look at what you're doing in life and ask yourself, are the habits and the things that I'm doing, the things I'm consistently living out in my life, are they heading me in a direction towards being more of God's masterpiece and doing more of his good works or not? And if it's not the case, I hope this year you'll continue to put things into your life to help you to draw closer and closer to Jesus this year. God, thank you for who you are. You're a God that makes it clear that salvation is not about us. We just read it. There's nothing that we can boast about. But yet, in the midst of that, you are turning us into your masterpieces. You're working on us through the chisel of your Holy Spirit, helping to convict us and guide us and grow us. And God, in that, you have things for us to go and do, to go be Jesus to the world around us. And Father, I just ask that each and every one of us, as we look at our lives this year, in this moment, Would you just help us to set a direction for our life of looking more and more like Jesus? Thank you for who you are and how you're working in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.